Father, we thank you. We bless you. We give you glory. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercies. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you that you did not give up on us. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the blood. We thank you for the word. We thank you for ministering in those. We thank you that we can call you Father. And most importantly, we thank you that you call us your children. We pray that may Christ alone be exalted in our discussion tonight. In the name of our Lord Jesus, amen and amen and amen. We thank God for yet another 24 hours that he has given to us to work the works of him who gave it to us. And we are not ignorant of the truth that there's a season in our life, a night season, where we will not be able to work. But whilst we are in the day season of our life, we are going to work. And tonight is the last episode of our series we have been studying for the past three weeks, The Prodigal Son. And I said that we have done a series on this already that was titled The Parable of the Loving Father. So you have to listen to that one. It's an amazing discussion we had. I think it was about five parts. Fantastic. And we began looking, and that episode was mainly focused on the father, which I believe is the is the is the main character in the story. But in this one, we are focusing on the prodigal son, who most of us have been focusing on. And in the first episode, we looked at having everything yet lacking everything. That this prodigal son was living the best possible life, born in a wealthy, godly family. He had everything everyone would ever ask for, but yet he there was a delusion that he was under that he was missing out on something there was something and that thing was mysteriously outside his father's house that led him to take a journey and that's what led us to last week's episode leaving home he took a journey and we said that many of us envy people when they take journeys so there's a scenario where a lady met a guy and the guy was unemployed at other time and it was a cute guy nice guy godly guy whatever guy but the lady felt like no nah, i'm not working when i to get work how decent would that work be for you to get enough money to start a family marriage and all those calculations then the lady learned that after a few like we were chatting but the lady was not really into and after a few weeks etc he finds out that oh this guy has left the country <laughs> to a supposed good country and all of a sudden <laughs> the man looks like a responsible man <laughs> a man who can cater for a family just because he has taken a journey and for many of us we also fall under that delusion that taking a journey means we are making progress in life taking a journey looks like you're making progress in life so many of us we want to move and as much as you must be a moving person the key thing is what you want to focus on tonight where are you and this was a billion dollar question god asked the first couple adam and eve mr adam and mrs eve where are you and this is a very important question that God wants us to ask in every season of your life. You must know where you are. You must know which season of life you are. Because where you are would influence what you should be doing. So where are you? You are in school. What should you be doing? You should be learning. Where are you? You are in a, in a, in a marriage. What should you be doing? Working towards a marriage. Where are you? I'm a father. What should you be doing? Raising godly children. Where are you? I'm working. What should you be doing? Productive work. Building capacity. Increasing beyond value to wherever you find yourself so where you are is very important and you must know where you are and tonight god is asking you honey where are 
you. And we want to begin this episode because the prodigal son found himself in a place. And we don't know the place, but we're giving a description of the place that he had to compete with swine for food. And when he looked at where he was, asked himself a question. So let's quickly look at our scripture. Let's go back to the book of Luke chapter 15 the prodigal son and this time he was in a certain place so let's start from the verse 16 or verse 15 so he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him into his field to feed pigs so where was he he was in a field feeding pigs he longed hey his desires had changed from somebody who used to eat bed in breakfast with english breakfast and all its its varieties to having dessert with fruit salad and the best of meat and the best of fruit and the best of everything now was desiring he longed <laughs> mercy to fill his stomach with the pots that the pigs were eating but no one gave him anything honey nobody's gonna give you anything <laughs> but no one gave him anything and when he was in that situation that's when verse 17 happened then he came to his senses father may we come to our senses in the name of jesus he said how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare and here i am starving to death so the reason why he was starving to death was because of where he was this is very important. Why did he starve to death? Because of where he was. Many of times, it's not who you are or what you are doing. It's like it's like being a, a, an engineer, a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher, whatever. Which company are you working with determines a lot about what you'll be getting. Because let's say all of us are, are, are teachers or all of us are secretaries or all of us are drivers. Let me use driver. Who are you driving? <laughs> there are some people that you can be driving and just by mere fact that you are driving certain people, your salary is more than a CEO somewhere, but you are a driver. So ideally, it's not about the profession you are doing. It's about where you are playing or where you are applying your profession. It's like a footballer. A footballer in Ghana is a footballer. By all right, his name is in the FIFA records. His name is on the Connect platform. But Cristiano Ronaldo too is a footballer. <laughs> but the reason why their value is different, in as much as it's because of who Cristiano Ronaldo is, but it's because of where he was. Because no matter how good Cristiano Ronaldo was, if he was locked up in a particular geographical location, it would have been a sad news for him. So we are all engineers. That is why people tie prosperity to where you are. And I think I've shared this story with Joe before on the platform, but it's, 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 <laughs> I don't get tired of sharing it. About a wedding that this beautiful lady, let me say she was a professor, should I give it? She was an HR and it was a wedding and for some strange reason during the reception they were introducing them and they were like oh let's welcome mrs whose name should i use mrs jenfi because i don't know any mrs jenfi mrs jenfi or mrs opoku intia jenfi i don't mention some mysterious name but, oh she's the hr at guinness ghana <laughs> like oh everybody was so excited that because you know charlie is uh, the dream then they introduced this man oh this man is a security guard a secret you know now this guy we don't use his watchman we put it is into a, a security consultant <laughs> very messy but he's a security man and the whole hall went silent and some were saying Charlie, the guy is lucky you security man probably have been able to marry hrd and another person hey this lady she has really what should i say brought down herself how did hr marry security then there was a dramatic pause and everybody was just muttering their assumption then the mc was like 
he's a security man in America. Then he was like, oh, hey. Then all of a sudden, everybody started congratulating the woman because they are marrying a security man in America. Because in the mindset of everybody, marrying somebody in America means that you have got your green card, so you are also going to America. Marrying somebody in America means that you are enjoying that. So no matter the work you are doing, as long as you are in America, you are prosperous. That is the idea. Because consciously or subconsciously, we believe in the power of location. And rightly so. So when God is asking the question, where you are, he's asking you this question, where are you? It's not about being a security man. It's not about being a footballer. It's not about being an engineer. It's not about being a plumber. But it's about where are you plying your trade? Because there are people doing the same job you are doing that you want to change or you want to go and add more degrees to your degrees. <laughs> you want to go all the way to 100 degrees Celsius, thinking that in getting that 100 degrees Celsius, your salary would increase. But honey, just by changing your location, you can triple your salary doing the same job. Where are you? And interestingly, this is the essence of the parable of the sower. Many of us, our mind have not come to, but let's look at Matthew chapter 13. Jesus talking about the famous parable of the sower. He says, That same day, Jesus went up the house and sat by the lake. Such loud crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while the people stood on the shore. He told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. His seed. As he scattered the seed, some fell on along the path, the birds came and ate it. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no roots. Verse 7, sorry. Other seeds fell among the thorns, which grew up and took the plants. Verse 8. Still other seeds fell on good soil where it produced a crop. A hundred, sixty, and thirty times what was sown. He who has an ear let him hear fantastic parable and of course it's talking about the word of god but it is not about the word of god it is where is the word of god planted that no palm regardless of how powerful the word of god is if it is planted in the wrong soil it's not gonna get much that is why many of us have been chasing breakthroughs thinking that our breakthrough is in a particular church no matter how powerful the prophet is, how powerful the man of God is, how powerful the apostle is, how powerful whoever is, if you are not a good soul, it's a waste. And that's what many of us don't focus on. That's why many people keep jumping from man of God to man of God, pastor to pastor, church to church, prayer meeting to prayer meeting. Because in our minds, we believe that it's, it's a particular place. But you, the human being, where are you in relation to God? And you see, that is why everybody wants to go to certain schools. Because a particular school has produced a precedent. And in our minds, if only my child can get to this school, I'll also be able to nurture him into becoming a precedent. And this is why parents will do anything and everything just to get their children into certain schools, into certain environments. In fact, I know a, a particular father who said actually he's saving all his money he can just to take their daughter to, I think, London Business School. Because he knows that if a lot is academically good, so if he's able to pay the fees, get a scholarship, and the daughter goes there, <laughs> she has been sorted for life. Because we know that there's a power in your location. And this is key. Location is the key to your survival. That is why, so we that we are, we are the biologists, we always learn about the fact that every organism has a place that it thrives. And mostly, there are about three or four things that will make an organism choose to stay in a particular place. The availability of food, 
the availability of a mating partner, protection. So some animals stay in certain environments because they are able to camouflage in the environment and hide from their, from their predators or shelter. And it's the same thing with human beings. We move from one place to another because we are searching for food. That's why people are traveling. It's all because we want food to eat. That is why we are all traveling. Because we believe that if you get to a particular country or we are always changing jobs. Because we know if you get to a particular company, a particular organization, or we are taking a particular career path. Because we know if only I can be a secretary, if only I can be a plumber engineer, I'll make this amount of money. So the same thing with us. And what makes an organism survive in that environment is key. And there's also for you. That's why God is asking where you are. Because you cannot survive in any and every environment. So we know that there are organisms that stay in water, that stay on land, that stay on trees, that stay um, in the air or whatever. Because your survival is tied to your location. And prosperity is tied to your location. Thriving is tied to your location. The value of assets depends on its location. So, for example, if you come to Ghana, you can get the same one plot of land. Because one is closer to, let's say, an airport, their value is 10 times one that is in the bush somewhere. But it's the same piece of land. What has made the difference? Location. That is why God is asking you where you are. But for us as children of God, our surviving, our prosperity, and our value, these three things are determined by your location. Or that's what influences whether you survive, whether you prosper, or your and your value. It is not about a geographical location per se, but your surviving, your thriving, and your value depends on where you are in relation to God's will for your life. So this is not to say that if you leave your father's house, you will not prosper. Some of us, we need to leave your father's house. But for the prodigal son, the will of God for him was to stay in the father's house. Honey, your prosperity is not in the country if it's not if that is not God's will for your life. Your prosperity is not becoming a medical doctor if that is not God's will for your life. Your prosperity is not working in, in, in Apple or Microsoft, Twitter or Amazon or SpaceX or Tesla, however they call it. That is not where your prosperity lies. Your prosperity lies in how close you are to the will of God for your life. So in Genesis 12 verse 1, God tells Abraham, move. Very important. And this is what we used to move to Europe. So he says that the Lord God said to Abraham, go from your country, from your people, and from your father's household to the land I will show you. Just by going, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. And all the people of the earth will be blessed through you. Just because if only you go from your country, from your people, and from your father's house to a land, I'll show you. That is why throughout the Old Testament, the, the main portion of the thing was about them going into their promised land, the land of Cana. So a whole chunk of the New Testament was people moving to a promised land. And God is asking you that, honey, move to your promised land. And where is your promised land? God's will for your life. Because that's why it surprised the Israelites when they got to the promised land. Because they thought that the promised land would be like heaven. Just to go there and realize that there are giants in the promised land. <laughs> but what makes the promised land the promised land is that that is the will of God for your life. It's very important. So we see again in Genesis chapter 26, this time God was talking to the son of Abraham. 
So now there was famine in the land besides the previous famine in Abraham's time. <laughs> so it's letting you know that there are two famines. <laughs> there was one that happened in Abraham's time that made him move to Amima, um, um, Abimelech. And this happened, this one also happened in Egypt. I look at the verse 2. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt and live in, but live in the land I will show you. Stay in this land for a while. I will be with you and bless you. Stay in this land for a while. So you must appreciate that it is not about whether there is a famine in the land or not. It's about staying where God asks you to stay. I believe you as young Africans should believe this thing with all our hearts. Some of you, if you stay in Ghana, in Nigeria, in Benin, in Togo, in Algeria, in Kenya, you will not prosper. You will not live out God's purpose for your life. For some of you, you must go to Holland, you must go to Belgium, you must go to Ukraine, you must go to Russia, you must go to Japan. The issue is not about the country. It's about if that is God's will for your life. And see, the interesting thing is that for a while, so God will tell you move to Europe or move to Belgium, or move to Australia, but move there for two years. If after two years you are still there, you will not experience the blessings of God. So it is not just about moving. It's about moving when you are told to move and leaving when you are told to leave. So the same God who told Elisha to go to a brook and feed off the water and ravens will be bringing you food. When the brook dried up, God told Elijah, move and go to the city. There's a widow I have instructed to take care of you. Now, if Elijah has said, Charlie, all this while, it is this brook that has been feeding me supernaturally. Now that the brook has dried, I'm going to lay hands on the brook for the brook to produce water. That's what many of us are doing. We are praying into places that you should be living. Hear the word of God. Stop praying into places you should be living. Because no matter how anointed your anointing is, <laughs> or how heavy your anointing is, or who laid hands on you, if the brook has dried, the brook has dried. And if God says, go into the city, because I have prepared a widow for you, and you are saying that if God fed me through these brooks, I will forever stay in these brooks. And that's many our issue. The fact that God told you to stay in a particular place, it's also for a duration. So where are you in relation to God's will? And you must appreciate that God's will is a, is a moving will. So the fact that God told you to stay here doesn't mean that you stay there forever. You are a journey. You are a sojourner. You are a traveler. But you must travel based on the will of God for your life. So unfortunately for some of us, your destiny or your breakthrough will be in prison because it is in prison that you meet the cup bearer. Hear the word of the Lord. It is in prison that you meet your cup bearer. And this is very important. So many times you may find ourselves in a prison. You may find yourself in a city. You may find yourself in the brooks. You may find yourself wherever you are. It's not about that geographical location. It's about your proximity to the will of God. Your proximity to the will of God. And locations are very powerful because imagine if somebody visited rehab by accident and for some strange reason when it was time for the person to go the person fell asleep in rehab's house or imagine you know rehab was a prostitute imagine one of her clients came <laughs> over just because the client was in rehab's house when the israelites attacked the client will be saved so it's really not about you it's about where you are the same goes for Noah's Ark. Imagine one day when as Noah was building the ark and he was about to hit the last nail and some chubby football just entered the ark and the guy, the child was running to go and take the football from the ark and as he entered, now the God closed the ark. The child would have been saved. 
So why would the child save or why would the client be saved? It's not because of the person per se. It's because where the person found him or herself at a particular time. Where are you? It's the same thing. Imagine one day the Egyptians felt mercy. One of them felt pity for the Israelites. And he woke up and he saw the Israelites putting some blood on their doorpost. And this guy was just going there to laugh at them. Like, hey, you people, every day the God of Israel, you have not heard him. And as they were talking, they fell asleep. Just because, imagine he was the firstborn son. Just because he slept in the Israelites' house and the blood was on the lens of him would have been saved. Where are you? And see, God even understands the power of location. So God told, let's look at something in Genesis chapter 22. It's very interesting because many times we really despise this. Now, verse 1, some time later, God tested Abraham. He said, Abraham, here and he replied, take, then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on the mountain I will show you. See how God was specific with both the sacrifice and the location. So it's not about just giving an offering to God. It's about where are you giving your offering? So he said, you are going to go to Moriah. But when you get to Moriah, there are plenty of mountains there. There's a particular mountain I'll show you. And you see, look at what the Bible says the next day in, in, the, in verse 4. And on the third day, Abraham looked and he saw the place in a distance. So it took him three days to walk from where he was just to see the mountain at a distance. And he said to himself, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will go and worship and we'll be back to you. So look at the journey this old man had to take just to offer Isaac. If Abraham had said that, you know what, it's all about offering Isaac. Where I offer Isaac doesn't matter. This guy would have slaughtered his child in vain. So the fact that God says give an offering or God says be a teacher or God says be a lawyer or God says be a whatever you are is also includes a location. So you would have thought that oh an offering is an offering. Mm-hmm. Wherever the offering is offered it doesn't matter. As long as it's offered that's all that matters. But from God's word in Genesis chapter 22 we see how God is specific with the location. So Abraham meeting the ram was tied to the fact that he offered Isaac on a particular mountain. On a particular mountain in the region of Moriah. Because that was the same mountain that Jesus would be crucified. But of course look at Abraham. How would Abraham, Abraham, Jesus happened years, thousands of years after him. But God wanted him to sacrifice on that mountain because on that same mountain, he God to sacrifice his son. We need to have a healthy respect for location and your location is tied to the will of God for your life. That is why again in Acts chapter 1, he says, stay in Jerusalem. No matter how anointed or called you have been, if you were not in Jerusalem on that Pentecost day, you will not have experienced the baptism that they experienced. So he said, I know you are full of fire and you have seen me resurrect. Now your vim has come and you want to just go around and spread the gospel. He says, stay in Jerusalem. For some of us, God is saying, stay where you are because that's your will for your life. That is God's will for your life. For some of us, he's saying go. For some of us, he's saying move. But have in mind that whether you are staying or you are moving, the most important thing is where are you in relation to God's will? Where should you be in the will of God for your life? And for the prodigal son, the will of God for his life was in his father's house. For some of us, it may be in prison. For some of us, it may be in the wilderness. But as long as you are in the Father's will, the blessings of Genesis 39 verse 2 will be upon you. And God was with Joseph and he was a prosperous man. 
even in the mouths of his masters, the Egyptians. So the prosperity you are praying for, looking for, fasting for, um, sowing seeds for, dreaming for, it is whether you are in God's will. And what is in God's will? There are three or four things in God's will. One, the presence of God. So what was in the father's house? The father. That's why it's called the father's house. <laughs> so it's not about the fact that the prodigal son was sleeping on a farm. That's why he was not prosperous. It was because he was not in the house where his father's presence was or is. So what is in God's will? The presence of God. He said, and my presence will go before you and I would give you rest. So it's not just about moving. But why you must be in the will of God is because the will of God is where the presence of God is. And the presence of God gives you rest and prosperity. Two things come from the presence of God. Rest and prosperity. Rest and prosperity. Rest and prosperity. For many of us, we are wondering, but God is saying rest. For many of us, we are lacking and God is saying prosperity. But where is it found? In the Father's house. Why the Father's house? Because that's where the Father has influence, rule over. So let's look at what he says in Luke 15, back to the story of the prodigal and the verse 22. But the Father said to the servant, Quick, bring the best robe. So we are looking at things that is in the will of God. One, the presence of God is in the will of God. Two, the best robe is in the will of God. A ring for your finger, sandals for your feet, and a fattened calf for celebrating is in the Father's house. A robe, talking about covering, covering from nakedness, covering from shame. Why you must be in the will of God is because the devil wants to shame you. And if you are outside the will of God, you are prone, vulnerable to shame, to disgrace, to embarrassment. But in the Father's house, he will give you not just any rope, but the best rope. In the Father's house, he will put a ring signifying authority. So the reason why you are commanding the brook and the brook is not giving you water is because the brook is not the will of God for your life at that moment. Because if the brook was the will of God, the brook will recognize the ring on your finger and the brook would open up and give you water. So the reason why some of us are speaking to a certain situation and the situation seems not to open is because the ring is not recognized. But in the father's house, he gives you a signet ring. Remember in the, in the book of Mordecai, when the king wants to change the decree, he'll give the person a signet ring. He gave Mordecai the signet ring. And wherever it goes, anybody that sees the ring means that he has the authority, the backing of the king. In the father's house is the presence of the father. In the father's house is rope covering for your weakness covering for your frailties, covering for your shame, covering for your disgrace. In the Father's house is the ring of authority. And in the Father's house is shoes for your feet, purpose, direction, satisfaction. So many of us are making good money, but we are not satisfied. We don't feel like we are at rest because you are outside the will of God for your life. And the last thing in the Father's house is a cattle for feasts. It is in my presence. There is fullness, fullness of joy. As long as you are in the will of God, prosperity is a guarantee. And Joseph was a prosperous man, even in the land of his masters, the Egyptians. Why? For 
God was with him. So tonight, God is speaking to you like the way he spoke to Adam and Eve. Where are you? Where are you? Because no matter how powerful the seed is, if the seed has been planted on a stony or a shallow or on the path, it will never yield. So God has prophesied. There's a prophecy of God over your life. But the reason why it seems as though that prophecy is not materializing is because you are at the path or you are on a stony ground or you are on a shallow ground. You must find yourself in a good soil. Because no matter how viable the seed is, if the seed is not sown on a good soil, it will amount to nothing or very little. Where are you planted with respect to the will of God for your life? So even as we close or we draw the curtains down to the prodigal son, there are three things that God is teaching us or God has taught us in this episode. The first thing is that you have everything. Stop behaving as though you have nothing. The second thing is about leaving home. That speed, movement without direction is a waste. And the last thing that God is teaching us is that where should you be moving you should be moving to God's will for your life. So tonight, God is saying that every season of your life, every day you celebrate your birthday, you must ask yourself this question and you must ask God this question. God, where am I? God, where am I? So even as you celebrate your birthday, you have your night out with the girls or you're chilling with the boys or your date with boo and bae, you're chilling and all those things. Before you sleep on your birthday, always ask yourself, God, I'm entering a new season. Where am I? Where am I supposed to be? And it's a question that every season you must be asking yourself. Because for some of us, God told us to be at the brooks. But the brooks have dried. And God is saying, now move into the city. But because we are either refusing to hear or we are still holding on to the first word, we are not enjoying rest, prosperity, covering the ring of authority, purpose, and a feast for celebration. But tonight, God through this podcast is saying that, honey, come back home. Come back to the influence of the Father. And every time, every day, every moment of your life, you should ask yourself, where are you? So tonight, we just want to spend some time in prayer. Jesus teaching us to pray. He says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We want to pray that God should lead you to his will for your life. That in your marriage, Father, lead me. In your career, God, lead me. Speak to God. In your schooling, God, lead me. For some of us, it's as simple as where you should build your family. So most of us, it's not just about buying a land. Get that, oh, there's a land going for a cheap price and you want to buy it. No, no, no. It's not just about buying land. It's about buying land where God wants you to buy a land. And tonight, speak to God that Father, lead me in your will. I want nothing but your will for my life. In the next season of my life, in the current season of my life, Father, lead me. Where next to go? Where next to stay? Where to go? Where to go to school? Where to do your master's? Where to do your undergrad? Who to marry? Where to stay as a family? Where to move? Like, ask God, Father, you are leading. For he will lead you in the paths of righteousness. Father, lead us in the name of our Lord Jesus. Lead us into your will for our lives in the name of our Lord Jesus. We may be in the pit, we may be in the prison, but Father, lead us to your will for our lives in the name of our Lord Jesus. Speak to God. You need the leading of God. You need the influence of God. You need the direction, the guidance of God. In your next step, in your next step, you need to be in the will of God. It's not about getting a visa. It's not about getting that job. It's not about getting that promotion is about being in the will of God for your life. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. Ah, the blessings of your word. Ah, the blessings of your word. 
Father, we commit our lives into your hands. We ask that, Father, you will lead us into your will. Sometimes we may see ourselves in the pit or in the prison, and it looks as though everybody else is in the palace. We may find ourselves in the wilderness, and it feels that everybody else is in the training school. But God, help us not to look at where we are in relation to our own esteem. But Lord, keep us in your will. Keep us in your will, in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen and amen. Always remember to ask yourself this question, where are you? And God, thank you that tonight or today, you have decided to be with us in this podcast. God bless you so much. And we keep encouraging. Invite more friends to join us as we have discussions with God through the pages of Scripture. And by God's grace, we have been doing this for more than three years. And we are believing God for more grace to continue to do until He tells us the book is dry. <laughs> so remember, we are still giving God our very, very, very best. And we are owing no man nothing but love. See you next week even as we have another discussion with God through the purpose of Scripture. Bye-bye.